Crossover podcast alert, baby. Marlins and Padres are coming in hot. One of them spends, well, one of them does not. <laughs> By the dance moves, you know which one is which. Uh, welcome to Locked on Marlins and Locked on Padres today. It's a crossover extravaganza. Javi Reyes is in the house. He is feeling jubilant right now. As you can see by my face, I'm hungover and uh, feeling the pain. But Javi, how are we doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. This is just like, especially for my listeners, they, I actually, while they can't relate now, they used to be able to relate. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you can at least have that. If you have one of them Yankee schmucks on here, if you have, you know, the Dodger <laughs> folk, you know, Jeff's the snide dog, he's going to laugh and cackle. I understand. Like, I really yeah. do. The Padres once in a time. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh I, I don't know. We can't pay Seth Smith for another, you know, one year, eight million or Chase mm. Headley. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who was really great once upon a time. And now yep. they're like, yeah, sure. Why not just pay Xander Bogarts for 11 years? It's just, it just shows you how much things can change and how wild this the sport that we love, even when it often doesn't love us back, how you know wild it can be. Yeah, no doubt about it. So just give us the rundown then, mate, because, you know, listen, it, from what I've been tracking for the Padres anyway, they've just been basically in on every big name free agent and they finally get their guy with Xander Bogarts, mate. How fun a ride has this been this offseason for you? Oh, it's been a blast. It was quiet at first, maybe, for some people. They still did some moves. They bring back Dick Martinez. They re-signed Robert Suarez, who was this excellent reliever for the team, mm -hmm. who, you know, 30-year-old rookie in the Japan League, and then he comes <laughs> over and he gets absolutely blown up in his first start, uh, or appearance, I should say. He's a reliever. And then he was great for the rest of the way. And some people were wondering, well, that's a lot for him. I thought it was a cool signing because it probably means they're trying to Get ahead of the curve before Josh Hader becomes a free agent. Mm -hmm. um, and Xander Bogarts, when that happened, it was like 11.50 at night, my time, about ready to go to bed, maybe take, you know, a couple melatonin or something like that to help me sleep. And thank God I didn't because A.J. Peller has not heard of sleep before. He does not know what it means. He nope. has never heard of the term. He embraces sleep when you're dead mentality. And he goes after Xander Bogarts and they get it done. And I think that the best way to describe AJ Preller and the Padres current regime is if they think you're a good player, they're interested. Yeah. I really do think that it's as simple as that free agent trade target, obviously with Juan Soto this past year and Josh Hader, both at the trade deadline <laughs> uh, years before anybody. And don't get me wrong. Some of the moves bite them, right? They, they absolutely Eric Hosmer. Thank And mm. I can say the name now because he's no you longer can. on the team. Yes, I can. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. Um, <laughs> Uh, he's no longer on the team. Some have absolutely bit them, but they're a volume shooting franchise. And I appreciate that for them. Other people looked at the Bogarts contest this 11 years. That's a lot. Agreed. hundred percent. He could be a disaster after year five, but mm -hmm. I do think that the that's more in a vacuum and that for Padres fans, considering they had never done this, if you're the Red Sox or the Mets or the Cubs or some of these other teams that have given out money before, for them, I can understand being like, whoa, whoa, we got to watch this. For the Padres, they're just kind of enjoying everything. That's my vibe for the fan base because it's just never happened before. So go. for them, they're like, yeah, it might stink, but we'll worry about that when we get there. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what they're doing. And I wish more teams would follow suit because I know the Marlins. Oh, man. What is, it? Oh, what is going on with you guys? Because oh, every my. single tweet, every article I see, it's just like it's a meme. My friend, it's a meme, <laughs> Peter. Peter Pratt, 
Marlins UK. The Marlins, they feel like they're a meme. Just to to bring up a tweet that we were both talking about before um, uh, we started recording from Santiago Marlins on Twitter. The last 12 free agent contracts in Marlins history inked to multi-year deals are Jorge Soler, your boy, Avisel Garcia. Oh, skinny Avi. <laughs> Anthony Bass, Corey Dickerson, Brad Ziegler, Junuchi Sazawa, Edison Volquez, Wei Yin Chen, Michael Borish, Jeff Baker, Garrett Jones, and Jared Saltalabakia. Folks, Padres fans, if you think sometimes the Hosmer thing is bad, I will take that over all 15 of these dudes. Like, it's just, it's really tough out here. What has it been kind of from your perspective watching free agency? Is there any hope, my man? What is going on? Oh, man, it's been, it's been fun. In a <laughs> twisted kind of way is how I would describe mm-hmm. it. I think that's the only way. It, it the, the funny thing is, going into it, um, we're getting the vibes that the you know Kim Ang wants to run it back. We're getting run it back vibes. And we're like thinking, oh boy, this team just won 69 <laughs> games and we're going for the run it back vibes. <laughs> Interesting strategy. So then all of a sudden they get into, into the winter, winter meetings in, in, in San Diego, obviously. And next thing is, Kim's saying, hey, we need one, two, three sticks. We're thinking, okay, mm-hmm. she's alive. She's making me <laughs> feel alive. <laughs> Let's go. And then the Marlins, the, the, I mean, the main summary for this offseason, there's only one summary. We need this on a T-shirt. I'm going to get it on a T-shirt, is checking in. They've mm. checked in on every dude, every possible dude. Checked in on everyone, closed no one, I think, is uh, is the situation. So... It's been tough. It's been tough. The Marlins fan base is creaking. Um, We're not quite sure what direction they're going to go because they're talking about getting the sticks. But it's just, it comes down to how you're going to get the sticks. And seemingly there's an unwillingness to spend. I mean, uh, San Diego, not quite in that spot at the moment. They're they're happy to spend. The Marlins, they've built this pitching staff, this crown jewel staff that's really cheap and really good. And surely it will be time to supplement that with some free agent studs. Get this offense going and see mm-hmm. what you can do. But that isn't the plan. What we'll do, here's a better plan for you. This is a small town, <laughs> small market plan. Here's our plan. We're going to take away from that crown jewel pitching staff. We're going to trade some of them dudes to go and get some sticks. And what does that sound to you? It sounds to me like 69 wins again. That's what it sounds like. So <laughs> we'll wait and see. Um, I, I mean, I was all over Carlos Correa, to be honest with you. Like there was, I was a big proponent of Correa. There's not a chance it, it was a 1% chance, actually 1% chance Correa to the Marlins. Now with the news dropped and I dropped my episode yesterday and absolutely blew up. It was enough. I was a hard enough. I was like, listen, this is no more. Marlins need to spend some dough because they've done the hard work. This is the, the point though, Harvey, like they've done the hard work. The staff is ready. Sandy is there. Sandy's mm-hmm. going every fifth day. Pablito yeah. as well. Lozado, like they've built this stunning, cheap as hell staff. It's perfect for the organization. Yeah, exactly. And where are we now? We're trying to trade it away to go and get some sticks. <laughs> man, oh man. Yeah. And, and I think I think that's the biggest thing for me is you're in a position. It's like in the NFL when like you have that like really great receiver or really great quarterback that doesn't have to get paid yet. That's yeah. where the Marlins are. They have all these pitchers. They have Sandy. Even you could even look at Trevor Rogers. And I know he struggled last yeah. year, yeah. but it's like, hey, if that's like your struggled piece, who's going to be your four or five, yeah. I'll take a bet on that. A lot of teams would. 
and none of these guys are getting paid yet. They have Sandy, if I'm not mistaken, they signed him to a very team-friendly contract um, before oh, the season began. Oh, yeah, that's like the best move they've made in, in years. Um, <laughs> then they do that. You have Pablo Lazardo. they got for, if I'm not mistaken, Starling Marte, yep. who... You know, if you had to trade the guy, that's a pretty great piece to get back. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like they've they've had, like you said, the beginning steps, but instead of continuing to walk up that staircase, and it's like Mario sixty four, right? <laughs> instead of actually advancing, they're just running up the staircase, and it's just darkness, and then nothing advances. They can't get to the no. top of that castle, no. and I feel bad. And that's one of the reasons I reached out to you is because Pablo Lopez has been a name that's been. Probably more so in trade rumors than most of the guys on the staff. Sandy coming off the the Cy Young. Trevor Rogers had a little bit of a rough year. Yep. And then you've got the prospects, right? I, I forgot. Yuri Perez and some other folks. Oh, and, Yuri. Yeah, and then uh, the, the the kid who was called up last year, I forgot his name. Uh, yeah, it was Ma- like the second half of the season. Max Meyer? Max Meyer. Yeah, he's, he, there he's, go. got, he's had Tommy John, though, so he's, he's not <laughs> around for next year. But still, I mean, again, another. But... That, that's to the point of the Marlins pitching, right? You've got tons of pitching. You've got some depth. It's true. There is depth. But you always need the depth in the year. You can't just roll in with five mm. starters and just go, hey, everyone's going to be healthy. Um, yeah. It's just not going to happen. So let's talk Pablo. Uh, let's talk Pablo, though, in a second. And, well, these ads, let's just call it out now. They're, they're hard-hitting. And, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. It's that time of the year, guys. So... You're hanging out with some friends, putting a few a few drinks back, and I know everything about that one, no doubt about it. And a few <laughs> becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. Okay, no big deal, right? What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Insurance goes up. Lose your license. Lose your job. Totally, your car. Kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe. Plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Hard-hitting stuff on Locked On Marlins and Locked On Padres, but messages that we should all take into account as I sip my uh, third beer of the evening. But I'm not driving anywhere, so nevertheless. <laughs> yeah, let's talk- we're just talking about the sadness of the Marlins, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why I'm on do third no beer. I'm <laughs> <laughs> on. Um, let's talk, you know, th- this is the point, right? Uh, the, the Marlins may look to move an arm or two, and I think this is where things get interesting for our clubs together, where as you've already talked about, the aggressiveness, I would say, of the Padres over the past mm-hmm. few years has been impressive. And I've been extremely jealous of the aggressiveness they've shown. Not every deal goes right. But, you know, if there's a player available that will improve their club, the Padres will be in the mix. I know it. Pablo Lopez, in my opinion, will improve the Padres' rotation. Um, what's, your, what's your sense from afar? Because as a Marlins fan, uh, I love Pablo. I see him every fifth day and I absolutely love him. Um, what I do get the sense is that he's a little bit maybe underrated, I would say, by other fan bases, maybe mm-hmm. overrated by Marlins fans. So where do you sit on Pablo? For me, he's just like, I, and I think that the Padres are in such a unique position where if that guy is your four or five starter, and Ooh. unlike the Marlins, you know, the Padres have a lot of talent on offense, they've got more invested in the team. 
That's pretty crazy. Like that's an, and I know that some fans say, well, you were all in on the Sean Mania trade. I'm like, yes, I know. And Sean Mania was kind of bad for the Padres kind of as an understatement, but even still, yeah. I would love Pablo Lopez as the fifth starter for the Padres. I know he doesn't blow up the world. It's not like his F four is through the roof. And he did have like an electric start to the season where he looked like, he was almost better than Sandy for the beginning, right? Then he regressed a little bit, but I don't think that people should let the regression kind of, you know, distract from the fact that this guy has had a, a mid threes ERA for a few years now. He gets a decent amount of swings and misses when you need to. I would love Pablo and the Padres. And I think yeah. that the question is just going to be what exact the other Marlins looking for. And I know that, <sighs> you know, we had someone respond to us before we started recording saying, Hey, wh- what about um that Grisham fellow? Yeah. And Jackson Merrill, the prospect, the current top prospect for the San Diego Padres, which mm-hmm. used to mean a little bit more, admittedly, saying top prospect for the Padres. Yeah. It is more because their entire farm is gone. <laughs> they've emptied um, the trust, right? <laughs> yeah, for, for good reason, but their whole farm is gone. Yeah. I'm wondering, first of all, before we get into those two specifically, do you feel like there's actual, like, yes, Pablo could be traded vibes? Because I know his name was floating around there mm-hmm. at the trade deadline. Do you think that he actually is a legitimate trade piece, or is this one of those things where fans just they Google they Google on their calendar or their phone, and then they see bad team? Okay, what's their best player? Let's go after yeah, them. They're sure absolutely. they surely must be available, right? Uh, Brian Reynolds is a good example of that, right? Where everyone has been trying to trade that guy for years, and we mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. But what do you think about um, Lopez's trade viability? I guess. Yeah. I- I do think we're nearing that spot for the Marlins where they'll they'll certainly entertain it. And the reason being, there's just two years of control. The question is, are they going to extend Pablo beyond that, having already extended Sandy? Uh, that's a question that, well, they haven't extended him thus far. So maybe that answers the question. So for me, the Marlins have probably two years to consider moving Pablo at some point, or a year and a half in effect, I guess, mm-hmm. um, before they lose him for nothing. All indications are they're not going to extend him. So I think he's available and I guess as the clock ticks, the value comes down in some ways. Maybe you hold on to the deadline because those deadline deals, you can get a nice reward. But I'd say between this offseason uh, and probably the deadline, if indeed they're not going to extend Pablo, maybe that's the time. However, if they're serious, like if they think they can make some noise in 23, I'm not convinced they can if they just run it back. But if they do make a move or two and actually they go, hey, we're all in, then... Clearly, you got to let it ride with Pablo and see what the year brings. But the short answer to your question is, I think in the next six months, Pablo will start to become more available. There were, there were talks at the at, at the last deadline. You know, the mm. Yankees were definitely in the mix. So yeah. I believe with the Dodgers. So, you know, the Marlins are listening. And they've said they'll listen on anyone apart from Sandy, effectively. So, you know, I, maybe that includes Jazz Chisholm Jr. I don't know. That's right, Jazz. We haven't even talked about the, the best Whoa. the best boy, Jazz. <laughs> Holy we haven't smokes. even talked about him. Oh my gosh. What a <laughs> what a conversation that is. But in <laughs> regards to, to Pablo, yeah, I, I do think and, and that's what's so interesting is it's not like there hasn't been any trace with Pablo, right? Like there no. people have inquired about him. Some people said the Yankees deal was actually like really, really close and that mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. apparently tried to trade Gilbert Torres is one thing I heard, but then some people yeah. are saying from what I heard that, oh, they 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 said that wasn't true because they didn't want Glaber's feelings to be upset and whatnot. So it's all over the place. And that's just apparently how baseball yeah. reporting and whatnot can be sometimes. It's just a whole lot of stuff that's difficult to parse from the outside. But yeah, man, I think that the Marlins, I don't know if the Padres have the level of depth 
that would have made this move happen like that. I think that they, once upon a time, before they make their Snell, their Musgrove, their Soto, their Hater you know, trades that, you know, you just saw what the, the Oakland A's did with Sean Murphy. One of the big pieces in that trade was Estrella Ruiz, who was a Padres prospect, and he played for the team this past season, right? So they end up getting rid of him in the Josh Hayer trade. That might have been a player that the Marlins would be interested in. Um, yeah. because especially with outfield, it feels like outfield is the big thing that the Marlins have been struggling with. Would, would I be correct in saying that? I think that's see, the thing is the center field spot in particular is the one, which is maybe why in advance of this session, we, you know, we had the, the message saying, Hey, let's talk about Trent Grisham, which mm-hmm. I think kind of makes sense. Like that, that for me, that player, I think is a fit for the Marlins. Um, they're trying to, fill that spot in center field, effectively the, the spot that Marte vacated. And then since then, pretty much, I think in the last off season, the Marlins were hoping to get Reynolds. Like they, they were pretty yeah. active on Reynolds. And I think they felt they had a decent shot at getting Reynolds is, is kind of the rumors that, uh, that I've been hearing. They didn't get him. Thus they had to roll with Jesus Sanchez in center field, uh, not a center fielder. Uh, and in effect, yeah. a rookie and, you know, that hurt Jesus Sanchez and, you know, he's in a tricky spot now. So, Grisham for me lines up. The question is then, how do the Padres feel about Grisham? Um, that's, I guess, a question for you. Equally, does the value line up, and how does this maybe start to piece together? And does does the Pablo Grisham thing work? Is it a different arm and Grisham? I don't know. I think, I think if Grisham's available, the Marlins will absolutely be interested because the profile I, I feel is the right type of profile right now. Mm-hmm. I think it could depend. <clears throat> wow. I think it could depend on how <laughs> to go guard there. <laughs> I went, I became Voldemort for half a second. Oh boy. Um, but I, was... I think that Grisham, I think it, and this almost feels like a cop out answer. I do feel like it depends on how the rest of free agency goes. Mm. The Padres, I think, you know, they're losing jerks and profile, or at least he's not currently on the team. He's still a free agent that leaves left field open. And, there's a lot of questions around who's going to fill that spot, right? Because with the addition of Bogarts, is Fernando Tatis Jr. going to be the center fielder now? And if oh, that's wow. the case, then he's got to be playing every day because this is a top five talent. It doesn't even matter if he's bad in the outfield because the offense is so good, right? Or at least yep. at, at the beginning, and he has the talent. He's got the arm strength and the speed, all that stuff, right? But with Grisham, it's like, okay, he could be the fourth outfielder. That would be awesome for the Padres, too. So this isn't like a, a must-trade situation. I wouldn't mind having Grisham as that utility outfielder who could play some awesome defense and if he ever figures out how to hit the way he did um in 2020 where he was just looking like a top 15 outfielder then that's great or they trade him maybe they sign my boy michael conforto maybe you put him in left all of a sudden grisham becomes expendable and it wouldn't be the worst guy to take a a swing on I, i will say when he hits it looks bad it looks really bad it's frustrating it's frustrating. It makes you wonder Uh-oh. what the heck happened. So you're saying, oh, sounds perfect for the Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> this guy might not be able to hit. So we Send it go in, baby. But I will say he certainly, without a doubt, just won a gold glove. He can play center field. And I, yeah. I feel bad for, for Sanchez because I, I hate when these, these guys, these young players are put in positions that they're clearly not comfortable with. Not just the the pressures of being called up in the first place to the major league club, but also like, here's the position that you're not good at and you're going to play it because our front office, our ownership, whatever doesn't want to invest in Starling Marte. Right. That's where it feels like this is all yeah. come from where instead yeah. of signing Soler and, 
and Avi Garcia, your boy, um, maybe we just extend Starry Marte. I know they got Lazaro out of it. That was a decent kind of damage control, like bounce back. You know what I mean? They salvaged yeah. it a little bit, but that kind of stinks. I will tell you, it gives the Marlins absolutely a capable center fielder with a little bit of upside because he's still young, 25, and he does have a hit and a pop. Not more than a hit of pop. He certainly can mm-hmm. hit home runs. But I definitely would, if a trade were to happen, I would caution Marlins fans not to look at the postseason. Because the postseason, that was the Padres fans' insanity. I've been saying this for a while. For two weeks, was like the best player in postseason history. I don't know what happens. I don't <laughs> think that's at all what he is, even when he is hitting well. But uh, it's certainly a capable player. And Jackson Merrill, shortstop prospect, Spending on happens with Jazz, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how they feel about him. But even if they keep Jazz, he, Merrill is still young enough that maybe down the line uh, he changes positions, maybe starts being more second base instead of shortstop. I don't know. I know you guys have Miguel Rojas, who had the very brave comment. I, I got to address this. <laughs> when this guy the other day, I forgot how, where, where this was. He was just like, yeah, we just have to. I don't think it's about money. I think it's just we got to just go out and improve. I was like, man, <laughs> like, did ownership tell him to say that? Like, because oh boy, has anyone ever thought of this, Peter? Let's just get better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's just be better. You know, let's I mean? manifest like, it right now. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it right now. Let's but, do it. Um, yeah, I think that it, it actually does make a lot of sense. I don't think that the the price point as of right now is super high for Pablo, especially because the aforementioned slip up in the second half mm. and the Padres. They'd be willing to do that for a fifth starter, especially because they do need a fifth starter right now. Yeah. Um, even yeah. though there are some arms out there, I'd be curious. It'd be an interesting match for sure. Um, especially if Reynolds is not nearly as available as uh, some people may hope he is. That's it. I mean, he's the big piece. If I was a betting mm. man on Reynolds, uh, I would say that he has not moved this off season. I haven't checked the odds, but I should have done in advance. But feel free, guys, to head over to our good friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You've got the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. From pro pro ball, of course, college ball, basketball, and the World Cup, baby. It's the World Cup final on Sunday. We have our teams, Argentina taking on France. Hit that up. I would love to see Argentina take it down. Lionel Messi has been absolutely sensational. He deserves... He deserves it, but the French are looking to, to go back-to-back. We'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. However, back to bet online. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head over there. You can head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. It's bet online where the game starts. All right. Javi, mm. I told you. I told I you I wanted to have this conversation. We Let's need to it. have this conversation, baby. <laughs> we need to talk about the aforementioned Fernando Tatis Jr., he will be missing for at least a month, I think, of the of, of next season as his uh, suspension that, yeah. rolls into April. Mm-hmm. Um, just give me a sense of where your head's at. You're, the assumption, and I think the, the way you phrased it earlier, top five talent, you're expecting him to remain with the Padres. You don't sense that things have changed. All indications are from the outside looking in is you've gone and got Soda, you've gone and got Bogarts, like... I think have they moved on from Tatis, but maybe they have. What's bring us up to date? Look, man, it's it's a great problem to have. I will yeah, say that's that true. much, right? It's a great problem to have if there was a problem. I do not believe. I think someone got on ESPN radio and said, and it's it's a little bit frustrating because it's not like this has been that slow of an off season 
where like nothing has yeah. happened for three weeks yeah. and someone's just like reading their notes for screw it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like let's drop a I heard now. that Tatis is getting traded. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. I, I could understand that, but this is like, bro, we had Correa sign last night. We had the the big deal to Trey Turner, the big deal to um all these different pitchers and whatnot. So I was a little bit confused by that. But I think that with the Padres, there's so many things that would probably have to go wrong for them to trade him. And I also think that a lot of the teams that would make sense for a team that clearly wants to win now, right? Let's mm-hmm. say, for example, they do want to trade him now. Okay, interesting. The problem with that is he is under a big, meaty, chunky boy contract, 14 yep. years, 340 million, right? Uh, famously, Francis Glendor wanted 1 million more than him. Uh, which was the most petty but brilliant move I've ever seen. Love it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a petty, <laughs> petty king. Um, and th- for, that would mean, okay, so a lot of the more small market, less inclined to spend teams are now out of the picture, right? It's teams like the Yankees. Teams like, uh, some, because the Yankees have all these shortstop prospects, that would be great. Retool the Padres farm. You get Anthony Volpe mm-hmm. in there. All right, makes sense. The Yankees get that MVP quality player on top of Judge. Problem with that is Yankees fans and Padres fans hate that idea so much from what I've who I've spoken to. Yeah. And also Tatis flamboyant personality. And most importantly, as all baseball fans may know, he's got hair. He's big head. time he's hair. Head up. And you know the Yankees fan, you the Yankees culture hates that. Absolutely. They hate anyone who has any facial hair whatsoever. Is that problematic? Absolutely. But Absolutely. it is their culture, right? <laughs> With the Yankees. So now you've I just couldn't see it. Yes, Nando's got to waive his no trade clause, right? So he has to mm-hmm. sign off on a deal. He's not going to sign off to go to the Yankees because he wants to look. How he wants to look. He wants to look like a stud. Yeah, not like a Yankee to... schmuck. <laughs> yeah, right now, like a, I mean, someone posted. I, I don't have it on me right now, but a disturbing photo of what he would look like, just completely <laughs> clean shaven. I was like, this is erasure. <laughs> this is oh, awful. No. This Another is awful for so many reasons. Yeah, <laughs> my boy. Um, so that that I just can't see it on that front. And I know a lot of the Yankees fans are like, he's a cheater. We don't want a cheater. Save it. All right. Yeah. I know no, none on. of us like that. But enough of the, not even with him, but this whole holier-than-thou thing with sports. Mm-hmm. We got to be careful on that sometimes when talking about Somebody. athletes that take steroids. Man, there's some other worse things out there, especially in sports, that people have done that they actually should be out of the game for uh, in a more serious way. Not that what Tatis did is not bad, but, you know, again, relax. That's why I call him a goober. You know what I mean? It's your silly idiot and I'm mad at you, but I'm not like mad mad at Fernando mm-hmm. Tatis Jr. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, you you take that out, I just don't see a deal happening, right? Because of the contract, because of the prospects that wouldn't be involved. Okay, so, all right, does it happen down the line? Okay, so in order for it to happen down the line, it would have to be a DEFCON for everything was a bust. You know, uh, Joe Musgrove goes out and he stinks for whatever reason. You Darvish, the age catches up with him. Blake Snell, another bad first half. Xander Bogarts, bust of a contract. He's just a a two-win player or something like that. Juan Soto still struggles. We were wrong. He's not actually Ted Williams. And then you're also like, "Uh uh-oh, Manny Machado, he can opt out. You know, he can opt out after this year. And he probably likely will. That doesn't mean he's going to leave the team. But he's probably going to get paid handsomely. Probably yeah. going to get paid handsomely. And the Yankees could use a third baseman, I heard. So yeah. that's going to be – I know those rumors are going to start fast after Josh Donaldson strikes out for the 85th time in two games, right? <laughs> I, I know how this works. I know it's going to happen. The Manning rumors are going to start fast. Uh, that's one of my predictions no for next year. But all of that, 
a lot of elaboration. I just don't see it. I don't see him getting traded. I think there's too much reliant on him. In a lot of ways, I know they've got Soto. I know they just signed Bogarts, and they have Manny. The Padres are Fernando Tatis Jr. This guy put them on the map. He's the most exciting talent in the league, absent Shohei Otani, right? He's electric. The I mean, you saw him. He was the he was the freaking cover of MLB The Show. I think mm-hmm. that it's more. There isn't this all oh, there. I think that he's just in a position from what I've heard and what people at the athletic have reported and everything. I think he's in a very contritious sort of vibe right now. I think you're not going to hear very much from him because he's already got that strike one. If something else happened, he'd be out for a whole season. That's like a, a big, big deal. And he's only 23, 22, whatever it is now. So I don't see it happening. The upside is just too great when he plays. He's an absolute freak. He comes in the clutch, and he makes your team more exciting. He makes routine ground balls exciting. Routine ground balls exciting. Defense or offense. Sometimes he zings the ball into the stands, right? But like, because <laughs> like, his arm is just incredible. Um, I, need that. So I, I just don't see it. I don't see it, and I think that the contract combined with what it would take is the basic reason why. I think that makes a ton of sense. That is very, very sensible. What isn't sensible is the runtime in this episode. We're running long, which isn't a surprise for me and you. Um, you know, <laughs> it was to be expected, many would have said. Um, mm-hmm. Let's kind of wrap up here briefly, though. What what business are the Padres looking to get done before the season's, before the season's uh, starting? What, what else is, has to be done apart from the things you've already done, which have been impressive? Uh, just that fifth starter. I'm at a level of where it's just... I like Corey Kluber. I like Norris Syndergaard, but also bottom lines. It's a fifth starter. So I'm not going to be, yeah. I'm not going to feign outrage at whoever they sign. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, they're, they're, yeah. I think that sometimes as fans, we overanalyze and we forget, man, it's the fifth starter though. Like who knows, right? Like, I don't know who's going to be great here. So that's the big thing to watch there. And then outfield, you know, what's going to happen in left field. Will they just bring back Profar? Are they going to try and somehow swing a Brian Reynolds trade or do they go in another direction? Do they sign my boy Michael Conforto? That's kind of the stuff to watch out for. Yeah. Um, so it's still still cool. You know what I mean? Like there's still things to be excited about with the offseason if you're a Padres fan, um, even before the regular season kicks off. Or if you're like me, even before the World Baseball Classic starts, which will be a nice, great like in-betweener thing to get tied us over, I think, before the MLB season starts. So still things to be great excited deal. about. And who knows? By the end of this episode, they will have signed Carlos Rodon, and then they will have Ooh. also traded for Jose Ramirez, and then they <laughs> May Machado inexplicably became the best outfielder in the world, and that's why they move him over. I don't know, right? Like we don't know what's going to happen because that's just the Padres. Absolutely. Listen, the, the wish list sounds lengthy. It's just as lengthy as the Marlins wish list. However, the names that we end up filling into those spots may not be quite of the same quality. We'll wait and see, but the Marlins have a lot to do. Kim has already put it out there. She started with one stick. She upgraded it to two. Now it's three sticks plus some bullpen help. So we'll see how it goes. Looks like they're going down the trade path. Uh, I do like Ramon Laureano from the A's to fill that center field gap. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're in absolute sell now mode. Clearly, um, Ramon Laureano has uh, is no value there on that roster. So yeah. an obvious defensive upgrade. Well, we yeah, I think there's a bit of sneaky pop in that in that stick too. And mm-hmm. then we'll see what what else comes. They need to add sticks in any spot. They were rumored to be in on Sean Murphy. That's we we don't even have a need a catcher. That's how desperate we are for good players. <laughs> You will just go and get a third catcher. Yeah, why not? <laughs> if, why not? Just if they're anything. available, we'll get them. 
if they're available, we'll get them. All right, guys, we're bang out of time. Uh, Javi, let everyone know where they can get you, where they can follow your stuff. Uh, make sure that the, the Marlins guys know where to tune in and, and find you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Shouts to the Marlins homies. At Javi Peño on Twitter for my personal account. I tweet about baseball there, but I also tweet about comic books and pop culture and stuff like that. If you want only Padres stuff, that's at LO underscore Padres, um, where I t- a lot of dumb stuff, I have to admit. But it is Padres related, at least, um, over there. <laughs> and then Lockdown Padres on YouTube if you want to see whatever, whatever fit I'm rocking. It's usually like one of three hoodies. But I'm going to start changing. I'm going to start mixing it up so people have something to look forward to. Whatever weird Let's shirt go. I come up with. So Let's go. very cool stuff. Love it. I am very. I am a very brand specific and brand loyal person. I've been rocking Gymshark gear since I've been doing Locked On, mm. which is just over a year now. And so the Marlins guys will know. Be like, hey Pete, what Gymshark top you got on today? That's usually the the the, <laughs> the vibe. And it's yeah, it's the black, very the black on black today. So you can't <laughs> even see, but it is Gymshark. Anyway. Enough of the fashion stuff. Let's get out of here. Uh, For those tuning in, thanks for making Locked On Marlins or Locked On Padres your first listen of the day. This was a a crossover episode. I'm Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter, of course, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. No TikToks, no Instas, mainly because I'm too old for that. I am 40 (laughs) next year, which means that is uh, way, that is outside of my comfort zone there. So Twitter for me. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow for Friday, rounding off the week. See you then.